Yo, welcome back to the Sports Bag Bros Podcast, episode number 33, but this is a live stream. If you watched us yesterday, you should know what it's all about. The fight is so big, it needs two days. Errol Spence is taking on Bud Crawford on the 29th of July, and we're here to talk and break it down with knowledgeable boxing enthusiasts with a lot of information and a lot of experience in this type of thing. So without further ado, you already know bias. Today, we also have Coach Danny with us. He's been in boxing for a long time. He can tell you a whole lot about what's going on, stories and so forth. And his enlightenment as we go through this will be needed. So what's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for coming on, Coach. Uh, Really appreciate it. Um, So let me just ask you a question. Uh, Trav and I, we discussed it the other night. We discussed it again yesterday. In the way, it looks so good that Trav says he's number one pound for pound. And no matter what happens Saturday night, that's not going to change. I say I can't agree with that because I don't know what's going to happen. So I want to wait and see what happens because we got probably number two versus number three. How do you feel about it? I I feel Zuffer going to win is going to be the best fighter in boxing, pound for pound. And then, um, um, depending on how it goes, if it's a blowout, it, it could be a different thing. But I, I see this as a chess match. I mean, everybody's talking about knockouts and they're talking about this and that. So I, I see the, the fight going the distance. Like, I, like I, I think I mentioned to you before, like Leonard and uh, Tommy Hearns. So I see this fight um, being a trilogy. Um, but um, the mystery is who's going to win, <laughs> yeah, you know, who's, who's winning the fight. I, I My personal thing, I had Spence. Um, winning the fight after the, um, the before the car accident. Then after okay. the, the car accidents, I, I watch boxing and I watch and I keep watching boxing. So I'm I, I like to study it. So after his fights, I don't know if you notice that sometimes he loses attention or he he stops punching and he just stays there and becomes a target. Now he's done that twice and that's the only thing that's bugging me. But I thought he was a bigger man and I loved his fundamentals and. Um, but, you know, Crawford is all that, too. <laughs> you know, he could switch. He could do whatever. He's like a modern-day uh, haggler. So um, that's my Coach, opinion. Coach Danny, let me give you my opinion on this and the reason why we even got to a, a came to the conclusion, or at least I came to the cl- conclusion, that in no way would still be the number one guy regardless of what happened on Saturday. Saturday is still just one fight, and it may be one versus two. It may be two versus three, maybe one versus three right now, depending on who you have at the top. Me, I have Inoue. And the reason why I have that is because Inoue started off as an earlier fighter at a lighter weight, and he's been going through those weight classes, even though there are more weight classes now than ever before. He's passed through those weight classes, has been utterly dominant. We've known him for his power, and there's never been a contract issue with what he wanted to do. He saw the best fighter. He went to the best fighter. There's never been any disputes or him trying to talk himself out of a fight like we've seen other people do. You know, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao took six, seven years too late. He goes to the top guy when he moves up in weight. And you know, as a former professional and as a trainer, moving up is dangerous for a fighter. Typically, when you move up and the other guy is the bigger guy naturally, not necessarily a puncher, but he's known for his skills. And those skills can set up those sharp punches that do knock you out or do buzz you and cause you problems. He stepped up and fought Steve Fulton who everyone said was a masterful boxer. And there were people saying, even fellow boxers, I know it might have been one of these Philly things, but Boots Ennis 
was one of those boxes that said that Fulton should win. And as it turned out, he absolutely was dominated by a new way, not because of just power. He had the better jab. He had the better skill set, obviously the better mentality. And he's been going through all of these weight classes doing the same thing. Whereas Bud, he started off at 130. We know how he made his way all the way up to 147. But the names on his resume, you know what? Not too many people know fighters below 126. But on Bud's resume, it's all right. Spence, he's been at one weight his entire career. You can call him a qualified weight bully if you want it. So he hasn't really beaten anybody with a huge name because there hasn't really been huge names. This is the biggest name that both fighters are fighting. Bud fighting Errol, Errol fighting Bud. And look at the, like uh, Mikey Garcia. He was 126 pounds before. And Errol couldn't put him away. I mean, regardless of how he approached the fight, you're supposed to put him away. If you're known as this monster, this bigger heavy, a bigger welterweight, and you love this battle of attrition that it normally comes down to, you love breaking people's bodies and breaking people down, at 126 pounder once upon a time, you couldn't do that to me. No, See, that's a great I, I think I think Trav takes it a little personal when I say I can't agree. Because I said I do have him number one, but I can't say unequivocally he'll stay number one. I have well, to wait and see what happens Saturday. I, well, I'm open what? to it to where you're close to it. That's I think that's the difference. But I'm on board with in the way number yeah. one. Well, you know what? I can say that the reason why, because that is only one fight. You know what I mean? This may be the first time if either one is one or two right now. This is only one time one and two is going to fight. And if that's just one fight, what about all of the good fighters and very good fighters that Anuwe has been fighting along the way? You know, if... if None of them are as good as... If Fulton was 135 None of them pounds, are as good as Spence. If Bud, if Bud defeats him impressively, I mean, nobody on Inouye's record. For is as all good intents Spence. and purposes, how do we know how good Errol Spence really is? Who has he really fought? I mean, Sean Porter. I mean, that's a big name. It's a name, but was it a big name when he fought him? Is it Kell Brook? If Kell Brook the biggest win on his resume, and Kell Brook himself was coming off of an eye injury against Triple G before he had fought him. I mean, if you look at their resumes, you can argue about both of their resumes not even being up to par because either way, we're not just talking resumes. We're talking, you see the skill set, the eyeball. Well, we see the skill set, but that skill set can look great against a guy like Ugas who's standing right in front of you and your style <laughs> is tailor made to beat a guy just like that. Now, when Bud gets in there and is moving around and is switching from soft poor to orthodox, it's giving you different looks, it's going up and down the fence, the transition, the footwork. Man, How do you, you do that same you're thing? You're giving Spence a lot of bulletin board material right now. You're giving Spence a lot of bulletin board material right now, man. I hope he's listening. <laughs> if he's no, watching. You hit it right on the nose. Um, going up all those weight divisions, fighting the best of the best, it's 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 hard not to argue. He He's not number one. I had him winning. I I, I, I really been watching this kid. He's... um. He's dominant. I love the, you know, his nickname, the monster. And uh, yes. so, um, no, you, you hit, you hit some great points there, but I think this is the, this is not only the fight of the year. This is the fight of like the decade. Yeah, I it is. I, it is. I don't see even um, Tank and Garcia and as important as this fight. Oh, no, nah, look, no, you're that, right. You're right. They're not Brian even on the same ready. level. 
I mean, we're talking about a YouTube champ or a social media champ. You might as well be Jake Paul when it comes, when it comes down to Ryan Garcia, what he had to offer. At least we've seen something from Tank before to let you know he's serious about boxing. He's serious about being a contender and a champion. And he's been dominant. And as long as they let him fight the best, he's willing to fight the best. Ryan Garcia was sight unseen. The new age box of being pretty before you actually go out there. And then when you go out there and can't really get the job done, well, take a knee as if you're protesting. And say you tried to get up after all. Well, I, I think the fight that could possibly rival Saturday night's fight is Tank versus Shakur Stevenson. Oh. I, I think that's fireworks all all day right there. There are a lot of fights to be made there. I mean, Tank, Shakur, or even well, I think Devin Haney lost a little bit of luster after what had happened against Loma. I think Loma won the fight, a razor thin fight. I don't think there was a robbery, but you know, you, I would have been happy one way or the other. And it deserves a rematch. Yeah, he, exactly, it deserves a rematch. And for he and his father to act like it wasn't worthy of a rematch, it's an embarrassment. Only boxers can do that. They can act like nothing ever happened as everyone watched it happen. True. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, um, that whole division with, with, with uh, Shakur, Haney, and uh, and Tank and stuff, they should be like that tournament six that they had back in the day. Yeah. yeah. All those guys fighting each other. Super six. On top. Yeah, super six. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a heck of a tournament. In fact, that tournament alone would have made Andre Ward a Hall of Famer. I mean, right. anything after that, you know what? It was just icing on the cake. But that was a heck of a tournament with very talented fighters. I mean, you might get one or two Hall of Famers out of three Hall of Famers out of that tournament. Um, uh, so, boxing needs more of that because, you know, all these fighters and these promoters and stuff, and they're waiting for the right fight and stuff. Even this fight here is about five years away. I mean, too late. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Somebody said it's, it still didn't expire and stuff. It's we, we, the, the guys are still in their prime. Next but I would, have loved, I would have loved to seen it five years ago. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think it's as expired or close to being expired like Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. In my opinion, as you already know, styles make fights. So regardless of when Floyd would have fought Manny Pacquiao, being that kind of counterpuncher and having the athleticism and the physical gifts of being long-armed and being able to move with his feet, I think he would have beat them 10 out of 10 times. The reason why? Because someone like uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, well, he was an excellent counterpuncher. He just didn't have the physical gifts of a long arm and footwork and all that. And he gave Pacquiao several issues. In fact, he might have won more fights than they really gave him. And um, and then he got the, the knockout. But I think that, you know, Floyd would have won at any time. But it's not me who has to believe that. The fighter has to believe he can do it. And at the time, I don't believe Floyd believed it until he was pretty much forced into that fight because of that huge Showtime contract. Yeah, no, no, that that was um, that was long overdue, and everybody yeah. wish it would have been sooner. But yeah, I'm a big um, Floyd Mayweather fan. I've been watching him since he was 14 years old. Yeah, and you're right, and you're right. He 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 could have beat him 10 out of 10 um, fights, but man, he always had that the 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 fighter's punch or whatever, but. But 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 style wise, I got Floyd all day long. I, I mean, it's it's really hard to beat that that Philly sh um, um, shield or shell, whatever they, they the call Philly it. Philly shell, the way these guys have it, and you have to have the athleticism and the boxing IQ to pull it off. Because you see, so many people decide they want to point their shoulder and look like they're in the Philly shell, but they don't have the talent to really execute it the way Floyd, Floyd does. They don't have the quickness, the IQ, the, and the, the athleticism also. to make it work. Floyd had the discipline also. He he didn't he doesn't he didn't make too yeah, many did. mistakes. And when you got a guy like that, he's not going to give you his chin very often. 
No, here, uh, I'll tell you guys a real quick story. So I, I'm in the gym a lot, and I'm, and I'm coaching, and I go to other gyms, and everybody in the mom is trying to fight like Floyd. And I'm trying <laughs> to tell them, put your hands up, put your hands up. But they don't understand the, 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 the experience and the years of practice that Floyd has put in just to work that style. So do you know how easy it is to beat that style? So I, I always tell my fighter or the guy that he's sparring against, just double up the right hand because Floyd showed you how to beat a style when he fought guys that had the same show. It's, it's double up that, that hand and that jab to the body, and, uh, and you, you beat it every time. But so many guys, instead of, like you said, that shoulder should be pointing you, they just stay square up, and they square think, up. Oh, I'm protected. No, you're not. But to double up anybody out there. If you see somebody doing that and they're not doing it properly or they're not using the head movement or have voice reflexes, double up the right hand and thank me later. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and when you talk about the Philly show, even basic boxing, fundamental boxing one-on-one, you're supposed to make yourself as small a target as possible so you don't square up. You should be learning that on the first day. And I understand most people do. It's just that once they get familiar with being in boxing and the movements, and getting experience, they start throwing their own little ruffle in there. They start throwing their own little flare in there, and they take themselves a little bit away from the fundamentals that they initially had learned, and they square up a little bit, even if it's just feigning just to get a fighter to do something you want them to do while you're squared up so you can counter them. But it still takes away from being the smallest target possible, and the way to do that is to have your lead foot in front, back foot in back, and pointing the shoulder like the corner of a wall or part of the hip than the broad side of a wall. It seems basic. But they seem to forget it a whole lot of times. Yeah, but when I when I coach fighters, anybody will tell you I, I start from the ground up. The foundation oh, yeah. is, is is the number one thing you on boxing. And I tell so many fighters, we start with four. Everybody in their mom wants to throw punches. And I'm like, that's the last thing we're gonna yeah. do. And a lot of guys get frustrated, but I say if you keep it up, you're gonna be a champion. I trained so many champions, national champions. You know, David Diaz went to the Olympics, so and also became a world champion. But everything started with footwork, and everybody's everybody's watching TV and they're watching this and that. They want to do what everybody's doing, but they don't know the hours and the dedication that everybody put in just to become that good. It just didn't come overnight. And, and like like you just pointed out, if that's if you ain't staying skinny and your footwork ain't proper, ain't nothing gonna work. Boxing is the quintessential garbage in, garbage out business. Because if you put in all the work, you're going to get out something good. If you're putting in a half-ass effort, you're probably going to get your beat beaten half to death because of it. <laughs> and as you said, from the ground floor up, I mean, people who come off the street and decide they wanted a box because they've seen it on television, they don't know the real nuances of the game. And when you start from the ground floor up, you have to understand, as someone who doesn't know anything coming in, is whatever happens from the ground floor is the reason why the things from the waist up work. To pivot on the right hand if you're right-handed, is the reason why you get the full extension and the power on that right hand with the talking in the shoulder and punching through the target. You can't have that when you're just doing an arm punch. You'll get tired faster, it's gonna be slower, and you're gonna be predictable. So when you do all of those things from the ground floor up, I did a box drill, moving forward, moving back, moving to the left, moving to the right. It's a box drill, just a, just a square, that's it. Left and right, just do that, get used to doing that. Then you learn the punches. And then, because you got to step in when you do the jab, and guess what? You're going to ultimately have to step back while jabbing as well. And you look at old school fighters like Sugar Ray Robinson who fought backing up, and they were just as effective as they were yeah. going forward because they honed their skills. No, I, I, I got I to gotta bring us back in. This is about Spence and Crawford. 
I appreciate the school the school session <laughs> and all, but we got that, a that's for another there, time. Man. That's for another time. Let's get back on on track, guys. All right. Um, so, Coach, I'm of the opinion if Spence was a excuse me, if Bud was a nat natural welterweight, although he's already a betting favorite, he would be a clear favorite in this fight. Do you agree with that or or not? Well, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and and he's the smaller. My my only um, disadvantage with him, he's the smaller guy coming up. I know guys in Texas that uh, trained with Spence. They said he boomed, he got up to like 175 pounds. He walks around super heavy, and he just his discipline and his training. He gets really ripped. So um, there was a um, a time where, where they were at a fight behind the stage, and um, Crawford was was making fun of his weight because he was so heavy. But the thing about it is, he's just a big big guy, and and the reason that he dominates so many people. If you see his bone structure, his, his body is, is just so much bigger. And, and, and you know, he's doing something right to cut that weight and, be, and being ready for that fight. But he needs, he, he, they, I, somebody said, and don't quote me on this, that he challenged Canelo, that he said, oh, I'll move up to 160 and fight you. And, uh, and Canelo, I guess they're people, whatever, and this is hearsay, turned it down because he's that big. He's, a, he's, in, the, he's in the ring. <laughs> he spars. You, you know what, what, doesn't what, want real fights. what happened? Canelo doesn't want real fights. No, not anymore. I thought he used to, man, but now I see it, and I'm like, oh my god, he disappointed. So let me let me, let me ask this. You know, Bud has a wrestling background, right? Would, would that help help him in this fight? Always, and anytime, Absolutely. anytime you're athlete, anytime your balance, your your, your footwork, um, all that helps, especially in 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 fight and grabbing. I, I mean, the great Bertel Duran. Um, one of the things he, he was so good at it was infighting, and the way he grabbed by so seven. that that made him amazing. What? Number seven, make it oh, Andre the boxer mm -hmm. has stepped into the conversation. <laughs> it looks like he's kind of being busy right now. Make sure you so, show your face. We don't want to see it, but let's show your face. I, I think that's on. one thing people aren't mentioning: Bud's wrestling ability. What's up, Andre? Doing? How you doing? I think people have mentioned Bud's wrestling background because, like Coach has said, fighting inside and doing all that muscling and all that, that matters. You know, you saw Bud doing the 400-plus pound deadlift, and I know that that's more than just deadlifting to show people how strong he is, but it's also helping for when Spence decides to lean on him, which he probably will do because he is the smaller guy. All of that matters, and having that wrestling background when you're getting into the clinch and you're trying to get position and you're trying to make room for that uppercut. Yo, it matters how to position yourself. I think it also helps with your footwork because you know how to get around and you know your next move getting around but not necessarily throwing a punch but just getting position. Right. So Andre, we're, we're talking about Bud's uh, wrestling background and how that could help him Saturday night. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear it? Well, oh, yeah, but I think that background does help. You know, one thing I wanted to talk about is you saw the presser today. Now, what does the presser matter? Bias, you saw the presser. Does, just... it really <laughs> does it really matter what happens during the presser when all the work has been done and the fight is just a couple of days away? What changes? Nothing, I don't believe. I, I'm sure Danny can speak to this better than I can, and, of course, Andre. But it, it's more entertainment, if you ask me. 
words don't mean anything. Nope. Um, sometimes it, if one guy is so much better than the other and and the, the lesser fighter says something to irk the better fighter, he's just going to get a worse ass whooping, you know. But when guys are evenly matched, what, what can be said that's going to sway the, the, the field in one person's favor? I, I don't see it. See, I, I just see it as entertainment. I missed the, the conference. You saw the conference. And you were talking about the dudes on the outside who aren't getting in the ring chirping. Oh, what kind of a monkey wrench does that throw in there? Does it get a fighter pissed off? Or would you think it would get a fighter upset? Or does it, it – I don't believe it changes anything, but the way these guys have promoted this fight up until this point, they've shown a bunch of respect to one another. To have an outlier come in and throw a monkey wrench into the nice promotion of everybody being nice and happy, we just want to fight – I think that makes it look bad. Well, I, I've been there. And one of the things that, that I'm going to tell you is that when you've done it so many times, um, you almost become immune. You're there to sell tickets. Now remember, you're there to um, get every, the, the crowd all riled up and the fans and everybody. So your your job is really focused on the, on the fight. You did all the training. You did all the work. Um, they're undefeated fighters. They're champions. They've been through it. So all that's not going to phase them. I, I mean, um, Muhammad Ali said something real great one time. He goes, you know what? 80% of the people are coming to see me lose. And the other, uh, other 20% to come to see me win. As long as they buy my ticket, who cares? And that's what <laughs> put people are paying for the ticket. <laughs> that's it. Right. You know, now, as far as fighters that have been hurt in the past, we've seen, look, if you box at any time, I don't care who you are, whether you're in the gym, you're going to get buzzed, or in a fight, you're going to get buzzed. I mean, both of these fighters have been hit before, hurt before, and they're both still undefeated. So they've already shown the resolve to be able to overcome whatever adversity there is up to this point. And if there's more adversity on Saturday, which one of those guys you think has that inner fortitude and that wherewithal to overcome that adversity and prove that they're the better man? Because Spence being a bigger guy, you're talking about breaking bodies. He makes you lean towards him. But what does your eye say? What does your mind say? Who are you asking? Uh, who's, that, who's that for? For anybody you know, you know my mind says it's a 50-50 fight. And <laughs> I I see I see I can see Spence breaking down Crawford with the bias shot because Crawford never had to fight a guy that big in his boss career yet. And and Bud hasn't fought anybody that fast and that clever as Crawford is. I mean, I mean, Spence have fought by like like Crawford, but I can see I can see Spence breaking him down. I can see that, but I also can see when when um when Crawford get hurt, he turns to a different animal. He, he he's, he's he's like getting vicious. So and I see Buzz. I mean, I see um Spence get hurt. We hit Spence on top of the head. He wobbles, and and you show you the fights that he got hit with overhand right, overhand left. He wobbles. So if if uh, Crawford can take advantage of that, he'd been he'd been in a good spot. But then again, I see Spence coming to him, breaking him down, jabbing, body, jabbing, body, turning the pressures up. I, I can see that happening. But he won't stand there and let him do it like Ugas just stood there and act like he couldn't even move <laughs> out of the way. Nah, Bud is going to move, and not only is Bud going to move, he can switch. Remember this: a southpaw hates another southpaw. And Spence hasn't fought a lot of softballs. But it's gonna do yeah, it's both been of a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time that he's fought a softball. Yeah. Uh, but let me just mention since 
Trav mentioned the press conference. They asked Bud uh, about him having seven straight knockouts and what's going to happen Saturday night. And he says, I'm not going in there to look for a knockout, but if he gets out of line, he'll be the next man down. And Spence right away replied, "Uh, I'm I'm always out of line. I'm going to get out of line. And Bud said, well, I'm going to take my belt off. And and Spence said, I'm not one of your kids. And and Bud told him, I'm going to treat you like one of my kids. Um, So that's why I say it's entertainment. And, yes, I agree with you, Coach. It's off to sell tickets, build hype, get excitement, generate excitement and interest. Um, But I don't think that little exchange is going to make a difference into what happens Saturday night. Look, the tickets are sold, and the people who are going to decide to watch the fight, they're going to watch the fight. The ones who are going to pay are going to pay. The other ones who are going to stream are going to stream. There are going to be a lot of people watching this fight. I took some clips off of both fighters at times in their career in which they were hurt. So let's check out some of that real quick. This is against Gamboa. A lighter fighter, but this is early too. And boy, could crack. He could. Now this right here, I mean, it could have been called a knockdown. The ref said it wasn't. It probably should have been. Yeah. I mean, everything says, according to the rules of boxing, it should have been a knockdown. No big but, deal, though. The fact is, is that, you know, it, it could have been a knockdown. And especially and, uh, see, when you get hit behind the ear, it takes out your e-girl equilibrium. equilibrium. yeah. See, that 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 fight right there, I, that's why I said I could see uh, Spence beating Crawford right there. Because if Spence hits harder than that guy and he'll come forward and he's better than that guy, Crawford, Crawford, he's a smaller guy, he can get hurt. But he might be a little more tentative against someone like Spence. I mean, he's still going to have his whereabouts about him, you know, when he sees – he knows who he's in there with. I mean, unless he's yeah. I mean, gets caught with a serious shot and forgets who he's he's there with, he doesn't have his senses. Now, outside of yeah. that, you know you were there with Spence. I don't think he's going to let the bravado prevent him from holding and clinching if he has to, as some fighters don't know how to because they used to be in the office of guy and the better fighter. No, without a doubt. And one of the things – that Crawford does, and, and you could notice there, when he switches, he stays squared up a little bit, and he becomes vulnerable to get hit. So that's one of the things yeah. you got to watch. And and there's a trick for softballs and vice versa and stuff. It's to step on that foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? It's part of the game. It happens anyway, inadvertently, but if you can throw a little bit something on purpose in there, it may do a little bit more. But here's another clip I have of Errol Spence. Top of the hand. I think he's so afraid of his teeth getting knocked out, he's always checking. Yeah, but Coach, Coach mentioned just a minute ago that he just loses focus. This is losing focus. Look at your mouth. He's instead of the guy in front of you. And that's, and that's what I was talking about right there. But you got to remember, this happened after the accident. Yeah. So both, there's two incidents after that accident that he's, he's, he's just lost his concentration. I don't know what it is, but I've seen it twice already. And this picture right here is him in the hospital after that Lamborghini accident. I mean, there was a lot of damage done. You know he has some veneers now, and so he's worried so much about his the way he looks, I guess, because he's looking for his teeth inside of the mouthpiece during a fight. <laughs> 
Forget about it. You got to get out there and fight. Right. Yeah, it's hard to speak to someone's psyche, but if yeah. he's worried about his teeth, um, he's going to have to keep focused Saturday night. <laughs> he's going to have to, man. Ugas <laughs> didn't do anything too much to him when he saw him looking around for his freaking teeth. Bud is a straight-up dog. He's coming after you. If he knows that you – soon you take your attention off of him and he thinks there's something going awry to where you're just not paying attention for that split second, he's coming after you. I mean, that's just how he is. And I think Spence would do the same with Bud. I think Sp Bud is faster because he's smaller and quicker. But, shoot, you got to pay attention, man. You got to be laser-focused in these fights. Yeah, you know, when you talk about Tiff, I was training with Angelo one time down in Miami. and. Yeah. One of the guys had this custom mouthpiece that um, I, I almost had to pry it out of his mouth. He had it um, custom made from a dentist. And I'm pretty sure, you know, as a world champion, he could find a good dentist or somebody that could put a real good mouthpiece and you almost have to pry it out of his mouth because you're right, a cheap mouthpiece, <laughs> I seen people's teeth come out with a cheap mouthpiece. But, <laughs> but something nice and thick and, and, and custom should stay on pretty tight. It's the little things, <laughs> the little things, like a mouthpiece is important in a fight like this. I mean, let's kind of break it down a little further than what we did yesterday, because yesterday was just a, one of the best discussions on boxing we've ever had. In fact, the best discussion on boxing we've had, and we're going to try to top that now. Looking at their records and looking at their pedigree, you know, certain places, certain areas come with boxes that are known, like New York is known for boxes. You go to well, Philadelphia is known for their boxes. Now L.A., now Texas has made a name. Ohio claims they're running boxes. Now you have all of these different places. Chicago has boxes. Gary Indiana, hell, you know, has Tony Zale and, and Angel Man Freddie if you want to throw him out there. He's not from Gary. Oh, well, does he live in Gary or fighting out of Gary? I don't know why he claimed Gary. He went to my high school in East <laughs> yeah. Indiana. But that's what he's claiming. But, you know, I guess his gym is in Gary. He fought out of Gary. But in any event, you know, location doesn't matter, doesn't matter. I mean, Errol Spence is in Texas. Bud is in Nebraska, which you can't even remember a, a, a boxer with a name other than with the, uh, that guy Standard that fought uh, Joe Frazier years ago that came from there. I mean, what differences does it make between where they come from, in your opinion, Coach? Um, me, I, you know, me going to the Nationals, right? And, and I'm going to let you in a little secret, right? So we used to see, like you said, we already knew who was tough. It was always New York. It was always Chicago, L.A., Texas, and stuff. So if we had a fighter from Nebraska, if we had a, somebody from uh, um, Hawaii, or we had somebody from um, um, Seattle, we always knew we were going to get a win. But every now and then, there'll be somebody like Bud, or there'll be somebody um, really good thing that just shocks you. You know, my daughter um, was out of uh, um, Wisconsin, uh, Kenosha, and uh, yeah. she ended up, um, you know, surprising a lot of people. And, and those are the rare individuals, but we all know California, Texas, um, New York, Chicago, they bring it. They bring it. And, you know, if you, if you got one of their fighters that you're going to have a rough fight, but anything could happen. And, and if people are, are trained properly, you're going to make a name. You, you're going to put your, your place in the map. Yeah, because well, Let's just be clear about one thing, though. He's from Nebraska, yeah. but he's he's not from the nice part of Omaha. No, Omaha's terrible. I've seen it on oh. HBO years ago. <laughs> Omaha so just, just, just don't get it twisted. He's, he's from Nebraska, but it's not that Nebraska most people think of. No, there was a kid. I, I can't remember his name up in the Nationals. 
uh, from North Dakota, light heavyweight kid. And, um, um, Virgil Hill? Yes, yes, yes. He was another guy that, you know, nobody was thinking that he was going to do anything because, you know, yeah. who hears anybody coming from, you know, North Dakota? He's North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was a heck of a fighter. I mean, he oh, was, yeah, yeah, but that's I what don't I mean. know why he's not even in the Hall of Fame right now for the kind of resume he had. I hope they don't hold it against him for what Roy Jones did to him and ultimately what Tommy Hearns had done. I think he had a heck of a record. He was a pretty big mainstay in boxing. Right, right, but, but but we were just talking, you know, with areas and stuff. Yeah, you're right. if, if you get the proper training and you have heart and desire, it doesn't matter where you're from. So it 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 is better, you know, what you bring to the table or what you you know what you do on fight night. Yeah, because Bud did beat Danny Garcia in the amateurs. So yep. you know, so a lot of times we don't think about how these guys have been in boxing for so long that they fought so many of the same guys we're seeing now as stars. I mean, look at look Sean Porter for instance. He fought at 165 pounds. He's making his career at 147 as we've watched him, but he started off in the amateurs at 165, and he fought Daniel Jacobs like six times. Daniel Jacobs, you know what I mean? And we look at them now as pros, and we don't even think anything is synonymous with those two. Right, no, right. And, and there's um, um, Andre Ward was 175. 175. He came down to, yeah. he came down to 168, yeah. Yeah, I feel exactly. Typically... The fighters go up; they don't go down. Especially he's so big. I mean, you're talking 178 as an amateur, uh, as an amateur, then going down to 168. That's a huge drop, and right. that's why I thought Errol Spence would have gone up to 154 since the 156 class is not there anymore. It's 152, which used to be the old 147. Right. But you know, talent is talent, regardless of what you, you know how you how you put it. But um, you know, you look at the common opponents that these two have. We talked about it yesterday. Sean Porter. Is one of those fighters, and then you use Kell Brook, but you really can't use Kell Brook. He was completely shot by the time Bud had gotten to him, and you know even Sean Porter, not necessarily shot, but his style of fighting, which is so aggressive, he takes a lot of punishment. The wear and tear could happen overnight, even though they only fought two years apart. I mean, do you see any difference between the way both guys handled the one guy knocks him out, the other guy didn't, but one got him at the latter part, and finally his last fight. Whereas the other guy did it. I mean, it was before the accident. Well, I, I I saw the interview with Porter, and Porter was saying that, you know, when he fought Crawford, he wasn't a hundred percent. He said that um, when he when he fought Spence, he was a hundred percent, and and that's the reason that he didn't get um, knocked out. And um, I think there was some stuff going on um, with the Crawford fight that he wasn't a hundred percent. And trust me, no fighter is a hundred percent most of the time. Because of all the sparring and all the training that you do, um, sparring, sparring partners get the best out of uh, so many fighters. And people don't know that. A lot That's of guys that, that get hurt, they get hurt in sparring. And and, and, and a lot of times when, when you get guys with concussions and, and all these injuries, it, it happens in the training. Because you put in so much work for that fight that sometimes um, you, it's called leaving in the gym. Um, you yep. said about Indiana, um, Tony Zale didn't become great until he met, I forget the coach that he met, and he had him training, half of his training. Tony Zale was saying, you're crazy, I'm not going to be good. He goes, no, no, you don't understand, Tony. You're leaving it in the gym. And he ended up fighting. He ended up winning a world champion because he he, he didn't even train that hard. And that's the thing that I, that I, with my fighters, I don't have them sparring every day. I have them sparring every other day. But, you know, there's times that when you train, when you train really hard for a big fight, you, you know, you leave it in the gym. And he said that's what happened with, with Crawford. 
But Joe Calzaghe's father, Enzo, did the same thing with him. He didn't even allow him to spar. He was fresh as a daisy when fights came along. Still sharp. I don't know how he was able to do that, but spar was kept to a minimum. And then you have guys like James Tony who just live in the gym, and you can see the results of it all the time. The wear and tear, just, you know, seriously, he's just a different kind of guy. But between Spence and, you know, Spence and, uh, and Bud, you see the common opponents. You saw how they fought uh, Kell Brook. This was earlier in Spencer's career. He fought Kell Brook. Kell Brook was coming off of an injury, an eye injury, against Triple G after moving up to 160, coming back down to 147 where he won the title against Porter. And it, Errol had to come back in that fight in order to win that fight. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And and the thing about it is I had Spence. I had Spence winning the, this fight. Um just before that car accident. But now now it's a whole different thing. And you showed the clips. That was amazing that you got yeah. you got to show that because if you slip with Crawford, it's over. These guys are professionals. You know, just one <clears throat> one thing, if you lose concentration for a second, you know, um, you gotta remember the time that um I forgot the kid that fought um Floyd Mayweather and he went to tap him to say sorry and Floyd put him in his ass. If you slip up for a second, with Crawford, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be on your ass. But that was so, yeah, I, I believe it was it was Sean Porter when he's talking about uh, Bud's power, and he's saying that his punches are different from Arrows. He says, "If I wave a towel at you, I could do it all day, and it's not gonna bother you. But if I snap it, you're gonna feel it, and you're gonna be ready to fight. You know the yeah. And he says that's what Bud's punches are like. But yeah, they, they stink, but then he hits you so often. And by the way, I've been hearing people saying how Bud gets hit a lot, but according to Punch Stat, I know you can't really look at Punch Stat. There's a margin of error on there, I think, of 3%. But, you know, it looks like he gets hit, but we remember the hits more with him because he doesn't get hit as much. It's like Floyd Mayweather. When he got a hit, we were more surprised that he even lost a round because he doesn't lose many rounds. So it's, it's more of an anomaly to you than just think, thinking he's in boxing. He should get hit or he may lose a round. You know, so I think I think I think Bud hit with, with like little punches, like like jabs here and there. He don't get hit with flush shots like that. And when he does, he reacts very quickly. Like, oh, I gotta get that bite all the time. So we he does get hit. Like, oh shoot, but okay. And then he comes he comes right by. Oh, but look, Bud back in control again. And that's the that's that's the reason why. Because people say he don't get hit. He get hit. He just don't get hit hard like that. Well, aside from um, Arrow worrying about his teeth every time. What do you think really bothered him with the accident? Of course, obviously, he was injured in there, but he pretty much just said, you know what, I just pretty much chipped the tooth, and we saw the pictures of how he was bruised up in the face, but all of the other, you know, in internally, there weren't, weren't any broken ribs that we know of. There wasn't a broken arm that we know of, and then, you know, there was a, a torn retina later on that didn't have anything to do with that. How much did that accident really bother him other than psychologically worried about his teeth? Well, my, my, go ahead. I would say mental. I would say mental. I, I, I would say he's mentally not the same, and he knows it. Um, you see it in, in his fights. He's like, he's not as fast as he used to be. I mean, he ain't much drop off, but you can, you can see the difference. You either watch Earl Spence, you see the difference in the way he uh, – Come at you sometimes, like he like a little, little, a little more timid now, and some of his fights. Um, but you can you can see it if you really watch Earl Spence, you can see the little stuff he does. Like uh, he ain't the same. 
He know he, he didn't tell you he, he's not the same fighter. You know, yeah, coach I, already said that earlier. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't. I, I'm not going to say in this case here, but most times I don't typically be, listen to a lot of boxes when they come and come with these excuses. Even just a little while ago, mentioning how uh, Sean Porter was saying, "I'm not 100." percent Most boxers say that when they lose fights because if he'd have won the fight, he'd been looking for a rematch. You know, if he'd have beaten Bud, he was looking for a rematch with with Spence later on. You know, making that a super fight if he wanted to do that. That's what so, I said yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Fighters say the yeah, same but, thing. But, but, fighters but, fighters but, do that often. I mean, they do all, that all, often. all the time. But I've been in the corner. I've been um, in training camps where, where it is true. A lot of guys ain't going there 100. percent I mean, even when I was fighting, I, I wasted a lot of times. You know, I was 100. percent Especially when guys take a or short notice fight, or or, or they're, they're in there, um, you know, they can't find sparring, or they got too much sparring. So uh, a lot of times, um, I'm not saying the guy's lying, but a, a lot of times these guys ain't 100. percent It's it's really hard to be to go through a whole training camp without nothing happening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely. That's I mean, very, it's very a physical true. sport. It's a physical sport. People are punching one another, and regardless of how big the gloves are, it's still a concussive sport. So you can still get a concussion even with twenty-four ounce gloves, like Ed Tutol Jones used to use. So I understand that part. And you know, um, it's just you know the wear and tear of training camp and then going into a fight and still trying to be on top of your game. You know, people look at Floyd smiling going into the ring, or even Shane Mosley smiling and going into the ring. They don't even think about what might have happened during the training camp, or even we'll go further with even uh, Tio Lopez. You know, he looked bad in his previous two fights before he looked great against Josh Taylor. And I didn't know all of the things that were going on in his life, his private life at the time, that would have affected the way he fought fights or even prepared with the marriage and the divorce and the children and all that type of thing. I didn't know any of that. And that, that does affect the fighter. And I didn't realize till afterwards that it affected him. And he, he finally came to the tail end of all those issues. And we saw the performance against Josh Taylor when most people thought that there was no chance for Tio. They thought this would be the fight that would you, be. He went back to boxing and not trying to rely on just his power that he seems to no longer have at, at 140. You know, we've talked about in the past that he fell in love with his power and he just thought he was going to go in there and blitz people and knock them out. But against Taylor, he went back to boxing and you saw it. You saw the result. Yeah, I, I was going to say that um, some fighters, they go to training camp and they do have a lot of personal issues that no one no one knows. Like no one knows they're going to divorce. So when they when they fight, they'll have it all. Like, oh man, he look he look like he's slow, like he's like he looks sane. Because he might have an injury, but he might have something going on mentally with his family that a lot of people don't know anything about. I mean, there's a lot of fighters that go in and the other part lost a mom and dad, whatever, and they go in crying. After the fight, but no one knows why, you know. <laughs> so that also plays fighters there. A lot of people. Well, I just know if one of these guys comes out and takes a selfie on the way to the ring, he's done. <laughs> exactly. They, they're the loser. Because that's what Manny Pacquiao had done. And then when the performance didn't meet the expectations, there was every story under the river, under the bridge, and everywhere else about how the shoulder was the problem or this didn't happen or really hurt before training camp or hurt during training camp. You know, stop the excuses. Just catch the L if you're going to get an L. Put up as great a fight as you possibly can during the interim. And let the fans you know, decide if they, you're good or not. There's a, there's a lot to be said about <clears throat> uh, Hagler Hearns when 
a lot of people didn't know that Hearns hurt his hand in the first round. Yep, broke We didn't hand. know because he didn't use it as an excuse. Manny right. didn't let him. But Manny revealed that many years later because he didn't want to take credit away from Hagler. And that's the way boxing should be. I mean, you got in the ring, whatever issues you had going on, you got in there with them. If you won, you weren't going to say, oh, I won despite my, my shoulder. So, I mean, just take your L. Right. And, and the thing about um, boxing is funny, right? Because I know fighters that have problems having fight, right? And all of a sudden, if they win, they don't have the problems anymore. Because the win, <laughs> win takes all the problems away. As soon as they lose, oh, man, I was fighting my girl. I was doing this. I had a problem with that. And everything comes out. And they just start crying and getting all emotional. But, yeah, that's – winning takes care of everything. Yeah, Shane Mosley pulled that kind of a card against uh, what, Miguel Cotto. After he lost, he gave him all of this praise of being the better fighter. And then as soon as the next day came, is all the excuses of being under the weather and all these other stories. Just give a man his credit where credit is due. You had a chance to change the outcome because you were using your fist and you were fighting in order to try to get the win. You just didn't get it. It was a tough fight. You know, yeah. why not just give credit where credit is due? But that's just boxing. Now, as far as Bud and Errol Spence, we know who the more skillful fighter is. And that's Bud because typically lighter fighters are more skillful. And we know about the switching orthodox and, and a southpaw stance. We know about his levels and we know how basic um Errol Spence is and as I mentioned yesterday being basic isn't always a bad thing because the basic stance is where you're probably at your best you can throw the punch the correct way you know how to bring it back the correct way you're in a defensive posture the best way you know how to go to and go from the target just as easy you know so it's not always bad to do that so the bigger man has the fundamentals the other man is the flashy car they'll get together and I'm expecting a unanimous decision no split this unanimous or split decision for Bud at the 12th round. Split decision for Bud in the 12th round. That's what we went with yesterday. Nothing's changed. I think it goes the same way today. So I, I'm going to go out there and I'm, I'm, I got Spence. Uh, I, think, I, I, I think if 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 Spence doesn't get distracted, doesn't worry about his teeth, um, <laughs> and, and uses his reach, um, I'm going to go out there because um, I, 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 I think that he's being the bigger fighter and, and using his his distance and, and his strengths, um, but it's a split decision. I don't see it going back and forth. And I'm going to throw this in. I'm, a, I'm not saying I'm a psychic or anything, but if there's a knockdown, I think Crawford's going to create it because if Spence loses that concentration for a little bit, he's going to put him in his ass. So let me yeah, ask you guys this. All do, you, do you think Bud can get a fair shake from the judges being that PBC is involved? That's my problem. Well, we, 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 we've been in boxing long enough. And <laughs> even the last um, Lamos. Um, um, Loma and Haney. Yeah. Or Loma yeah. and Haney. Yeah. 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 That's hap- but that's tampering. No, you're right. But I'm just saying, you never know that this, this is, well, here, this is, a, this is nothing has to do with the fight. This is when fighters tell me something. So if a fighter goes fight at the guy's hometown or whatever, and he says he got a draw, that means he won that fight. He, he won, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we know that. So, yeah. You, you, you so, know, we had – go ahead, Andre. Now, I'm going to go with Crawford. And what, by what, knockout decision, what, split? Um, decision. Decision. As you if can see, is, I'm, I'm Nebraska, I'm, I'm Crawford too. If, if it is a knockout, 
it's because Earl T came out and he got the strike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he wasn't looking for him. He got caught with the left hand. See, <laughs> you know what? For Errol Spence to get inside to work the body as he has done, you have to get close. And you price. can counter that way coming in with a guy who knows how to change the angles and has fast hands and knows where to locate the punches. So he has to get inside. You know, Bud isn't going to stand there, as we mentioned already, and several times, like Uga stood there and didn't have the footwork to get away and just took the beating. And he got more props for taking the beating than for having boxing skill. We yeah, have even someone that- out who has boxing skill, who can get out of the way, who's fleet-footed, who can land when he needs to and land the hard shot. Precision. Yeah, even after uh, Spence had the little mental lapse and he rocked him into the ropes, he didn't go after him like he had him hurt. I, I believe Spence came back and won that round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he didn't. You know what? Yeah. I think a little bit of him knew something was off of Ugas, figured something was off, and he didn't want to take full advantage. Most fighters go after it. They don't care if it's a mistake or not. They're going after it because of that killer instinct. Ugas kind of stood around, kind of threw some arm punches, and that was it. Spence got back on, you know, got it back together and started beating on him again. And we saw how it ended. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I, he's gonna go yeah, after. I, I, I as you can see, I'm I'm Nebraska, I'm Bud. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna say knockout or decision. I'm just gonna say some way, somehow he's going to win. I just hope he doesn't get screwed by the judges. Yeah, no, now that you brought that to the table and going by some of these poor decisions this year in particular. Even though there's been some great boxing going on, these judges have been terrible. I mean, they've left a lot to be desired. You know, I don't want a C.J. Ross or the Adelaide Bird to ruin the night. And we don't want just because PBC is involved to ruin the night as well. But we know that's all a possibility, man, and take it away. And it forces the rematch because everybody gets rich again. But it would tarnish a legacy, too. Because if someone's going to lose when they should have won and they're losing their O because of it, that's a travesty. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm predicting that this is going to be a trilogy. Um, I I believe it's it's too. it's, it's going it's to <laughs> be going back and forth. Well, you know what? Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Spence is ready to move up. I don't well, know how long he can stay right now for the longest. Well, like I just said, like I, I talked to some people in Texas, and they said he's a, he, he, when he's not training, he's up all the way up to one one seventy five. He's walking around one seventy five. Yeah, yeah that's good because he can get the two hundred. He could do Durant business and get the two hundred. Somebody, somebody asked him he, about him looking mean, or is it because fights almost here? He said no, because he's cutting weight. He's hungry. <laughs> he says not eating weight is making him mean or mad, yeah. mad, not mean, mad. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, your your, your mind works differently, man. You look at the weigh-in when the weigh-in happens tomorrow. And when they show the way and see the first guy to run to the bottle or how fast the guy gets to the bottle after he t- does the way in to get that hydration going. You know, uh, so that's, an- that's another factor. I put if- my money on Spence. He's going to be running first. Oh, What if he uh, eats too much or hydrates too much? Could that affect him Saturday night? Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I, absolutely. I, I think I'll, that happens. Not, not, not these guys. They're like real professionals. You know, they are real professional, but you still yeah, kind of wait But you're still human. You're still human. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I mean, if he's talking about he's mad because he can't eat, and he's <laughs> like, yo, give me that steak and potatoes, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, they found hey. out. I'm not a nutritionist. I got a friend of mine that is. That's one of the worst things you can do is yep. put, put something that heavy on your body because you need yep. to get your body back to normal like in 24 hours. So they said 
the, the last thing you want to do is run, go to a steak because I, I, I guess it, it messes up your stomach and stuff. I'm not a nutritionist. I didn't know nothing about that. <laughs> I wish I would have, but but I seen fighters that were cutting weight and then go to a buffet or whatever and forget about it. They got the runs yes. um, right for the fight. I mean, look what happened with James Tony and Roy Jones when they fought. James Tony gained like about 18 pounds or more in the 24-hour period. He didn't sweat throughout the entire fight. The only moisture he had on him was from the sponge that they put on his head throughout the fight. Now, it's not Roy's fault that he was sluggish and lethargic and couldn't fight the way we've known him to fight. That's his problem because he's the one who had discipline issues keeping his weight throughout his entire career. Roy came in on shape. He did his job, and he won the fight because of it. But, yeah. Now, now, you guys, now, you guys would know more than this. Is there a clause that you got to come in 10 pounds um, to the next guy? Or there's no I haven't heard that. No clause. no clause in this fight. We would have heard of a clause if there was a clause in this fight. Yeah. Typically, saying, I, I guarantee um, Spence is going to be over 10 pounds easily. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, I can see I can, that, too. Yeah. Just from the water on the stage, let alone what he's going to eat later on. <laughs> Just from the water after the weigh-in, he's going to gain like 5 to 10 pounds. He's going to drink a couple of gallons. And then he's going to eat at nighttime. And, you know, but this is something they've done all the time. Usually when you're in great shape, you don't put on as much weight. When you've right. kind of been a partier right. and all that kind of thing, then the weight comes on. Earl uh, Errol Spence has been known to be a partier in the past. I think he's learned his lesson. He doesn't do it as much now. And it kind of leads me to remember when Arturo Gotti gained him 20 pounds in between the day right. before the fight and the fight. He was a heavy partier. We saw what he did to Joey Gamash because of it, ruined his right. life and his career. Right, and, and and you said that perfect because Floyd Mayweather never gained no more than ten nope. pounds for the fight. He was always in shape. He walked around. Yeah, yeah, he was underweight, man. Floyd was still like a hundred and thirty-five pounder, just fighting in other classes, pretty much. I remember Mills Lane talking about when he was a fighter. He said the best advice he was ever given was get in shape and fight at that weight, so you don't have to lose weight. And he said, he, and when he was the ref. Uh, he was like three, four pounds over his fighting weight. He he just wow. stayed at that weight. There's guys that are gifted like that. They're not cooking like that barbecue like you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we lost you for a second. Who did you lose? No, I said we lost bias for a second. He left and came back. At least on my screen, he did. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> no, I, I heard him. I was, I was messing about. He'd be, he'd be smoking and cooking out there. I'll be watching him. Hey, well, my friends come over. I got to entertain them. There you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hear about those barbecues you be having during a big fight. Hey, that's a big deal. That's what you're supposed to have. And this is one of those fights that deserves the huge barbecue. Yeah, one, so, one, hey, um, one fight, I, I think it might have been uh, the night Marquez knocked out Marquez. I had so many people in my house. Uh, Back then, you know, I had the man cave. Every, we watched all the fights in the basement. Every yeah. chair was taken up. The couches, the recliners, all the all the folding chairs I had. I had to watch from the stairs. <laughs> in your own house? Yeah, in my own house. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to make somebody move. Hey, man, that's my seat. Yeah, but, I know, right? But they should have had some respect, though. I was closer to the bathroom. Yeah, you know what? Hey, somebody going to trip over and hit the bathroom. Anyways. <laughs> I guess that's going to end it for tonight as we finally put a wrap on Errol Spence taking on Bud Crawford, July 29th. You know, Saturday in Las Vegas, one of the best fights, if not the best fight in the past 10 years. We're definitely going to have a chance to talk about it on Monday because it should be wrapped up by then. So we'll either have our answers of the new number one pound for pound or 
does a new way stay number one pound for pound in my book? He's going to, but let's see if yeah. Wyatt's mind changes because of it. No yeah. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Thanks for coming hey, on, thanks, Andre. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Excellent discussion on all things, but we did talk about Bud. We did talk so about Bud. But we talked about boxing. That's what people like to hear. So until next time, episode 32 is off. 33 now gone. And now, see Take you on care, 34 guys. Monday. Take see care, you. guys. All Take right. Care. Bye. Enjoy the fight.